Hey, welcome to season two of the Change Today podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Akila Kade, founder of Change Today, a diversity consulting firm making sure women, people of color, and underserved communities feel safe and can be their best selves in the workplace. Kade is my last name, and in French, it means soldier. So we talk about how people are soldiers of change, personally or professionally. This season, we have great guests sharing their story with you, and I'm so happy that you've decided to come back and share another season with me. Remember to like and subscribe so that you know when all of the new episodes are coming up, and I really appreciate your support. So let's take it away and enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Change Today podcast. I'm always thrilled with guests because I'm totally biased and I get to pick people um, that I adore and admire. But I am a fan and a stan of Dr. Tiffany Lester. So, hello. Welcome. Hi. Oh, my gosh. The feeling is mutual. No, don't say that. Because, like, you're a thing and I'm not... (laughs) like a thing I'm like a th- I, I don't have the rest of it yet but no I'm a major friend I'll tell everyone how I became a fan of you but can you let everyone know who you are yeah absolutely so thank you for having me I I always like struggle with this question a little bit because I feel like I'm so many things but <laughs> and when people see me and I like tell them who I am they're just like really and I'm like why are you surprised? But um, I think when people meet me, you know, it's like, okay, she's a black woman and I am a black woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a black woman doctor and I'm a black woman doctor who practices integrative medicine, also with training in medical acupuncture. And so when I tell people that, they're like, huh, interesting. I've never met someone like you. So basically, I feel like I'm a unicorn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very yeah, fitting that you have a bun right now. I do. So you I have know, your, I do. your horn. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think since probably high school, I, I really recognized that I wanted to, as cliche as it sounds, like help people. I was like, how can I do that? And I've always been that smart girl, you know, mm-hmm. ever since I was growing up. And thought I was going to be a teacher like my mom and decided to crazily become a doctor. So um, I think that at the time that I went to med school and got accepted, I didn't know what it was going to be. And I had a totally different idea of what that was going to look like. And, And actually, my fourth year of med school, I was going to quit. Like, I wasn't going to go on a residency. I was like, this is not what I signed up for. What? The healthcare system is like, like, people do, do people understand? Like, this is not what medicine is supposed to be. And I don't want to be a part of it. I'm like, but I got these med school loans. Like, what? <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, and so I took this elective my fourth year about what's called integrative medicine. I took with a bunch of my friends to, like, get a foot massage and... basically and I recognized that there was this other part of medicine that I didn't even know about that was like oh yes medications are important if I have a heart attack like please take me to the hospital or like break my arm like do what you need to do but there's also like the spiritual aspect and the mental health aspect and like nutrition supplements and what are you eating and your relationships and I was like 
oh, this is the kind of doctor I'm supposed to be, not whatever I did the last four years. So, um, so I'd already kind of signed up for residency and for being basically a slave for the next three years <laughs> in the hospital. Short version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. Um, you're working a thousand hours a week for like pennies. Um, and so I'm really grateful for that foundation, but I recognized that I needed more. And so I went on to learn like all the different modalities in Chinese medicine and functional medicine and just like soaked in as much as I could so that I could be the kind of doctor that I wanted to be. And so now that's what I am. So I work at Parsley Health. Um, if anybody hasn't heard of it, which is probably a lot of people, I always think that I'm like everybody's heard of it. <laughs> We're in like this little bubble. Um, so we have offices in New York, San Francisco, and LA. Um, and what I like about Parsley is that it allows me to provide this kind of medicine that's more accessible and affordable to people. That said, it's still not affordable to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my issue with it. We work outside of insurance for many, many reasons because of how our healthcare system is set up. But, you know, um, it does make it less expensive than what I what I used to practice. Like people would have to pay like $1,000 to talk to me for an hour. And then have to pay for like testing and nutrition and supplements and on top mm-hmm. of that. And so I was like, well, I can't even afford to see myself. So like, what <laughs> is wrong with this picture? <laughs> and I'm a doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. So many things there. You left out something that I'm very proud of for you. Oh, what? Um, you're a medical director. I, well, I'm not anymore. You I aren't? I know. <laughs> when did this happen? Um, maybe recently. I know when we met, I was. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah, initially, when I started with Parsley, I was one of the, like, first 10, 20 employees and um, opened the San Francisco office. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was like, I don't know if this is going to work and we'll see. And now we are, like, have raised millions of dollars. We're on Series B. Like, we're very established in the functional medicine community. Um, and so I ran that office and then kind of like passed the baton. And I think, you know, at the moment I'm really finding, figuring out like what my next stage of life is, you know, and Mm -hmm. what my next role and how I can be most impactful, Mm -hmm. especially for people of color. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Insert my origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, with you. So when I first started going like full time to my business, I, um, I worked with a PR person to get experience with like how to write and and elevate my brand and all the other stuff. Um, so I had an opportunity to write for Schmidt's Naturals on their like health blog side. So um, it was like five black women to know wellness. And so I was like Googling and researching and being my non-clinical doc self to find people that were doing things that I found to be really interesting. And you were one of them. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what that was, what that list was, but. Um, like the food haven. Be yeah, no, I mean, there's some really cool food haven was on there. Maybe, um, trap yoga bay. You know, like, oh, yes. So yeah. I have to. I have to go probably look at that list. 
Um, the whole moral of the story is, is that you were the one that stood out to me because the way that you um, practice medicine was what I would have wanted to do when I was pre-med. But I didn't have the wherewithal, the courage, the the passion, the resiliency to actually make it through med school. I just made it to pre, pre-med. And I learned in my um, public health 101 class that I would not be the doctor that I thought I thought doctors were, which were being there for the patient, changing the world, saving people, saving the world, a combination of all those things. I was like, I have to work for the fucking insurance company. And if I don't work for an insurance company, I'm going to have to get into private practice. If I work in private practice, how am I going to have a baby? These are literally my thoughts like at 18, 19, which is odd. And then I was like, I don't want a pager because I was old. I'm older. I don't want a pager. Like, I'm not going to live by a pager. Um, and also knowing that going to private practice and working all the time, you would be working with a certain demographic of people who had the money to go into, um, not more like boutique care and stuff. So Mm -hmm. you can do it. So seeing that you did this and then you tie in Eastern and Western medicine, I was like, Oh, what? (laughs) So our origin story continues. I, just like you, we were selected to be Lululemon luminaries, which means everything and nothing at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's this really great experience to meet other women who are doing awesome things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Influential in various different spaces. Diverse group of people. Like, dope group. Lululemon is, is just amazing for doing that. So glad to be part of the group. But the whole time I was like, who else is going to be there? And I only had like maybe a thousand followers at the time. So I didn't understand why I was in the room. And then when I saw people in the room that I follow on Instagram, including you, I was like, this must be a mistake. And I normally am a confident person, but I just didn't, I never had that type of relationship with a brand um, as myself and my business. So it was odd. So then I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to go talk to her. <laughs> and what do I do? But you were just really nice and kind. And then you were a normal person like we all are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, it's doc, it's Dr. It's Dr. Tiffany Lester. <laughs> like she's in the room. And now it's been please a while. Please call me Tiffany, please, please. I know, I do. I do call you Tiffany. I was just gonna say that. Now we're friends and I can call you Tiffany and like we text. <laughs> And we hang out and stuff like it's it's all you're still. But I will always have the special place in my heart of being a fan and a stand for you. Um, and I particularly. Yeah, it's continuing. I'm not done. I like that you also use your voice in such a powerful way um, because you, you well, not right now, but, you know, you do travel a lot. You're speaking in different circles on the Western side, on the Eastern side. But you being like the twice, probably three times doctor that you are, um, and all of these spaces on the Eastern side and the Western side, you just being there is like an act of resistance and a visual of the importance of diversity. Because when I saw you, I was like, oh, I should probably go see her, which I did. And I had an appointment (laughs) with you. And then I was like, I don't really know how I'm going to afford this. But I, the last thing I'll say is that it was a very validating experience to not go in to seeing a new doctor 
and being treated as, as if I had um, stress and anxiety issues. You're like, mm, yeah, no, you do have a heart problem. That makes sense. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's look at some other things. Yeah, that validation. So anyway, I love you. Um, <laughs> signed me. <laughs> <laughs> The feeling is mutual. I love you too. I think that it's, um, I think that it, you know, for me naturally, I'm not a person that needs to be like recognized or front and center or anything like that. I just want to like do the work and do good work and take care of people. Right. Um, and then I realized probably it was like four or five years ago that, you know, there wasn't anyone that mentored me or that was Mm -hmm. like me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've just kind of been the last 20 years and navigating this whole system, just been like, okay, this is what I'm interested in. This is what feels right to me. So I'm just going to go do it. But I didn't have a like roadmap. Right. And I realized that a part of my purpose and just like being here is to provide that for other people. And so and just my existence, as you were mm-hmm. saying, is, is a form of resistance mm-hmm. and, um, and being more visible and speaking and on social media. And, you know, I get so many DMs from young Black women. They're just like, how did you do this? Mm-hmm. How, how can I do something similar? What has been your experience in healthcare and medicine as a Black woman? And um, I try, I really try to answer like every single one of them. Not always quickly, but mm-hmm. I know how important it is because I've been there, right? Mm-hmm. And just trying to figure shit out by myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do the same thing because um, I think it's important for people to see different types of doctors and for it mm-hmm. to not necessarily be what usually is closer to white um, or being rigid or not fun, perhaps, you know, like just knowing yeah. that it's something that can be approachable and that there's multiple pathways to getting there. Um, so like you said, it made me uh, think of the coveted question of this podcast, which is, um, how are you a change today? How are you a soldier of change? Yeah, I think by existing, I mean, I'm I'm the type mm-hmm. of person where I always like, oh, I could be doing more, but mm-hmm. also recognizing yeah. that what I'm doing is enough. Ooh, yes. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, we're, it's like, yeah. oh, I could, and even, you know, right now, especially with um, COVID-19 and how it's heartbreakingly disproportionately affecting black and brown communities and just showing what we've already known in terms of healthcare inequities and disparities that exist. Um, and that gap is just even wider right now. Um, and so it's like, well, should I be doing more? And Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like, you're already doing what you can. And there's only so many of us, you know, in this space and, and we each have our own kind of lane. And so just being okay with that and and putting out content and continuing to share mm-hmm. and write and do podcasts like this to show people that there's a different a different way yes. to like live and be and and to not only just like survive, but to thrive. Oof, yes. So, I love that. Um 
And also, I mean, I, I love that you were medical director for many reasons with my past health life. It, it's an accomplishment in its own. But I, you said something that was very powerful there, which was you passed the baton and you gave it to someone else. And I have to think that part of it is some self-care there, mm-hmm. right? Of being enough as a practicing physician and multiple <laughs> modalities, right? And being okay with that opposed to um, dealing with workplace culture or influence and the politics that come with just being a medical director and in and, and any location for profit or nonprofit. Um, I think what I've noticed in, in my practice is that it's hard, and I'm going to be biased, but we can, for Black women to feel like they are enough. Mm-hmm. You're the caretaker. You're a superwoman. You're going to do all these things. Maybe you're parenting, whatever the thing may be. And it's hard to just be, just hard to be. And you can just be and be amazing and not have to do all of the things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's honestly why I always say keep being amazing because um, it's hard to, to do that. It's hard mm-hmm. to just to, to be and to, to be amazing this phrase selfishly for me because of all the stuff that I have to go through with my physical health and my mental health and then I'm black um and so knowing that with all this adversity all this stuff all these stereotypes these things that come our way are negativity generational trauma white people shit white women shit all the stuff that comes our way we still yeah like we still find ways to um to to keep being amazing which is amazing in and of itself is just like, I think we, especially as Black women, we tend to just kind of take it in stride. And it's been kind of ingrained in us, even from childhood and, you know, from our mothers and grandmothers, mm-hmm. this is just what you do. And, and you're always kind of the last to to serve yourself um, and and recognizing that you know, it took me a long time. I, I like to think that I'm intelligent, but um, oh, <laughs> there's mm, things that, okay, I'm, you know, my God, it took me a really long time to just like really, really get, you know, on a fundamental level that I, because I'm a giver, I'm a healer. Like I will give and give and give. Gift and a curse. Um, yeah, but I want to give from the overflow. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to give from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Right? Like you want to give from the overflow and from a place of abundance and love. And um, you can't do that if you're just giving and not receiving. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely needed that today. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm currently celebrating being triggered and tired right now. Mm. So, um, and I, I think. Before I get into that, I, 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 I have found through the, the work that I've been doing during this global pandemic that there's this whole, what I'm calling, pandemic productivity pressure. Yep. Yeah. 
right? So there's a certain amount of things that you have to do. And if you don't do these things, you are a piece of shit. I mean, you were never good to begin with. No, wait, you're awful. You're never going to be whatever that thing is, right? So if you aren't organizing your closet or solving world hunger, then you are less than. But how and why is that right when this is an opportunity for some people to maybe just do some of the things and not all the things or have more opportunity to like rest and Netflix and chill with themselves? Yeah, I have been, I mean, I talk to people all day long about how are they doing in this (laughs) pandemic and and what's going on and everybody Mm -hmm. is struggling in a different way. Right. Regardless, um, of whether or not they've lost their job or their certain amount of privilege or where Mm -hmm. they live. Um, And so honoring that and, and this like incredible pressure to like be productive or write a book or do produce a program or start Mm -hmm. a new podcast or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, you know, and I, and I felt that myself and I, I don't know if you follow like the nap ministry Mm -mm. on IG. Oh, so good. So good. Um, it like gives me permission to rest because I'm a, I'm a doer. Like, I'm just like, I will go, go, go. I have seen their things. I don't think I follow them, but yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, and, and I think a part of, you know, stepping back, um, and like reassessing where I am in my career Mm -hmm. and just like, what does that mean? And do I need to like, do all of this, how much am I feeding into this capitalistic society and just like burnout and just do, and how can I maximize my gifts, work less and still impact on a huge level. And so I think that is possible once you kind of take a step back and reevaluate that. And so I think the pandemic has given us the opportunity to do that. Not everybody is able to do that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially people in black and brown communities. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're lucky enough to be able to work from home and I do telemedicine and I'm mm-hmm. very, very grateful for that. But there's some people that have to go outside and this is, you know, they're even busier just yeah. trying to, you know, keep food on the table. Or I have lots of colleagues that are in the hospital, you know, mm-hmm. and on the really, really on the front lines. And so this isn't a time for them to rest. So I'm not necessarily <laughs> speaking to like those people, but right. I think it's for the majority of us and we're just like sheltering in place and it's like, oh, I feel the pressure to do all of these things when the best thing I've really been encouraging people to do is just like rest and and think about what you really want your life to be like when this, when we kind of reopen the world um, mm-hmm. gradually and, and what have you been enjoying? Like for me, it's been, um, I did one before this podcast I usually do it at the end of the workday but I don't really consider this like work um <laughs> so I have I do like these like mini dance parties at the end of my day mm. that is like has been a game changer it took me like a month and a half to like mm-hmm. get there mm-hmm. like grieving and I'm like what what is mm-hmm. going on but then I was like I need something because usually it's uh, the BART mm-hmm. coming back mm-hmm to Oakland from being in the city um, mm-hmm. and being at work. And I was like, I need like something to be like, okay, you're shifting from your work day to like just being you and being at home. Right. And so, you know, the songs change <laughs> every day, but there's usually at least one Beyonce song. As it then, should um, be, as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, but it's just like, 
been the best thing um, that I've found mm-hmm. during this time mm-hmm. for myself that I'm going to keep going. Keep. I love that transitional point. Um, for me, I mean, I have a home office, so it's not like uncommon for me to, mm-hmm. to be at home, but um, it, I appreciate my home more when I come back to it, <laughs> like right, when I'm right. also on BART or on a plane or with a client or driving to Silicon Valley, whatever it may be doing. So um, I had to think about, okay, well, how am I going to transition from my day sweats <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to my night sweats and or pajamas? There's like phases to it sometimes. And yeah. so I will take off the clothes that I've had on all day for my calls, even though I'm in sweats right now. And then I'll put something else on if it's not my pajamas and that is like a visual cue that's like okay time to watch tv um you could exercise hey Keila, maybe eat more than the two bags of chips many lunch bag chips you had today you know so like that has um been a way to transition but before the pandemic i would do um twerk work breaks yes yes it's exactly also, how it sounds. Very healing and healthy. Mm-hmm. Very, very healing, very healthy. Um, and then I've also found that I'm sure you're hearing it with your your patients. It the the week is a blur, mm-hmm. right? So the weekend sometimes feels the same as the week if you're interfacing through video formats, yeah. right? And then if you're meeting everyone for a family thing on Zoom or a happy hour on Zoom, it's, to me, Zoom is an office. It's never yeah. been a social place for me. So then I've been saying like, hey, can we meet on house party? Can we meet on WhatsApp? I'm a proud Android user, so I don't have to be, <laughs> deal with FaceTime or anything like that. But um, other methods, so it just feels a little bit more casual. Mm-hmm. And then I've also had to say no a lot more on the weekends because that FaceTime, that screen time, that virtual time is still a suck of what, you know, I've been doing all, um, all week. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I uh, yeah. setting boundaries, <sighs> <sighs> setting boundaries. So, um, you'll like this because I'm triggered and tired. Not that you'll like this, but I think, I mean, maybe we'll see TBD, right? So this this week in which we're recording this episode has been pretty awful. So we have the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And over the past couple of weeks, health disparities have been more clear of what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Because of who we are and how we operate, we pay attention to those things. We feel some of those things, right? Um, there was a modern-day lynching a few weeks ago that people haven't processed. Mm -hmm. And then in a matter of like 24 hours, we have another lynching um, by four cops in Minneapolis, right? And video to go along with it. Trauma, trauma, generational trauma, Mm -hmm. sadness, hopelessness, despair. And then we have... They're being nice with calling her Karen. I think she's... Like Karen, yes. Yeah. I feel like she's older than a Karen. I can't remember what the other... Is it a... a, Becky? No, Becky's younger. Becky and then Karen and then there's like a a Deborah or something. Susan. Susan. That's who she is. Um, So there's Karen and or Susan. And and, uh, calling the cops and threatening 
his life, a black man's life, who's a bird watcher and a Harvard graduate and also on a board watcher club. I didn't even know they had boards for, for bird watchers. I didn't, you know, because that's how I'm not in it. But he is, right? <laughs> like, you know, I'm like prepared. And um, all that's happened. So this is a, a little bit of a long story to get to my point. So I had to teach two um, uh, diversity and privilege workshops this on the same day on Wednesday I guess I think um and so in the first one in the morning I found out about the whole bird thing and I was like oh man why Oof, ooh. yeah and then I had a call in between the first and the second one and they're sharing about the cop on the neck I was like wait what and so because I work in the diversity space I have to understand what's going on in case it comes up for me so I can prepare myself personally and then prepare myself professionally of how to address um, the statements. So in the second workshop, uh, when we get to the privilege part, after I show them a picture of Michigan State University's Black History Month display window, which if no one knows, um, it's a tree that they had in the front of the window this past February, this past Black History Month, February 2020. And they wanted to display some um, Black figurines like stuffed animal figurines. So they, someone was like, I have an idea. Let's, let's tie rope around their necks and put them on the tree to display that we have them on sale for Black History Month. Anyway, so then I just casually bring in, what else happened today? <laughs> <laughs> to see if they knew what was happening with the current events. Um, yeah, so that was, when, that, was Wednesday, that was Wednesday. Thursday, I, self-care is important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be when you are a pr- practitioner of things, right? Yeah. I do a workout class. It's at 4 o'clock. It's a little break before the end of the day. Sometimes I'm, like, done. But most times I still have work to do or another meeting to go into. And, um, you know, I do my thing. Mm-hmm. The ladies are chatting at the end. Just, you know, connectivity. Check-in. The conversation went a little something like this. I'm thinking about doing a pop-up so we can, the instructor, we can have a pop-up and maybe it's like in the Presidio. We can go to the Presidio, you know, obviously we've following the orders and what time, what's a good time? And someone's like, oh God, I have so much free time. I just roll out of bed like at nine and like grab my coffee and I'm like already starting to boil because I'm like, what is that like? Like, because I'm still working, I'm still still working. Not that they didn't have a job, but they just... I I have to work. I I have to work. Yeah. And so they're like sharing that. And then it was like, oh, what about mask and mask? Oh, my mask is uncomfortable. You know what? A white woman. I I feel like there should be a mask with like a hole or like a zipper. Because like you can't drink with a mask. Wait, what? You heard me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm like, hmm. I need to figure out how to get out of this. I for sure made a face. I for sure made a face. It was like, oh, no, I can't be part of this conversation. I was the only Stop black person. Video. Stop video. So, yeah, I know. Right? I was the only black person in this group. And I would say in general, the group was privileged. Um, and so as I'm, like, getting ready to back that ass up out of that <laughs> session... The instructor asked me about masks. Like, Hila, what do you do for masks? It seems like you have a great mask. And I was like, oh, 
<laughs> right? And so for some of well, you know, I am me. I am me. As you should be, fully you. I'm fully me. So I I was like, you know, um, you know, my mask has a, an adjustable piece on the bridge of the nose, so it can stay, it won't move. But again, I highly encourage you to make sure your mask is on properly. <laughs> you can adjust the ear loops, you can adjust the ties. All kinds of things. All kinds of things. All, all kinds of things. Um, so I was like, but I have to go because I'm, tr I'm, I'm, I'm triggered right now. <laughs> I have to go. I have a, a small business. It's a diversity consulting firm. I employ people. Um, this is a, this is a challenging, tough, difficult week, uh, mm -hmm. for me as a result of my blackness, but also because I work in, um, I work in diversity. Also, I have a rare heart condition, so I can't go outside indefinitely. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe just wear your mask. And then I was like, I got to go. <laughs> and I like, I left. <laughs> I left. I was almost about to cry, but I was like, you're not going to give these women these tears. No. So I am, you know, I, whatever, left, go back to work, doing what I have to do. And I get a message from the instructor who I adore and love and still do. Mm -hmm. And I, um, she just want to make sure, like, we were okay. And I'm like, no, we're fine. We're, yeah. we're, we're great. I'm just going to have to take a break from your class. Mm -hmm. She was like, but no, and, and no, I want you to come back. And, you know, if I don't take your break, but if I don't hear from you, I'm going to like harass you. And I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> I let me just have this break. And she's like, yeah, but you're so like, oh, your words are so influential and impactful and change all this stuff that I know I'm good at. Yeah. But here's the thing, which I did not explain when I'm not getting paid. Okay. So there's that. <laughs> Two, um, self-care is not a place for me to go and educate other people. I am taking care of myself. I don't have time to explain to you why what you just said is discriminatory, racist, insensitive. I don't have time for that. I'm here to do something that's already a challenge for me because I have stuff going on, you know, like physically for me. So like I, you know, um, I've gone to, I do several different like virtual workouts and I will some places, depending on what the workout is, I will keep the screen on. But other things that I know that maybe a little bit more intense or weights are involved, I don't have the screen on because I don't know if I'm going to have like a crazy spasm at any time or if I just need to sit and take a breath. And I can't explain who I am to people. I can't be in the back of a classroom in real life and be like, hey, you guys, you know me, I'm the heart person. So that's why I'm back here. I can't do that when you pop in and 70 people are in a group or whatever. Right? Um. Anyway, thanks for listening to that rant. But that's <laughs> why I'm like triggered and tired. No, I, I think it it's a real thing. And I think that, you know, um, I mean, as a black woman who enjoys the green juice every now and then, <laughs> a good yoga class, um, and am privileged enough to be able to afford that. Right. Um, while still recognizing that there's many people um in our community that cannot just because mm -hmm. it's not as accessible um and wanting that to be a safe space you know um and that we deserve the same amount of experience and self-care that um white people are you know 
just don't even think about. They just go. Um, yeah. There's so many, and I know that you have had this too. There's so many spaces and classes and conferences and workshops where I've been the only. Um, and it's just like, it's isolating. It's isolating. And so I think that even like how we first met, I was like, no, no like, we can be friends. Like, mm-hmm. there's not enough of us to not be friends. <laughs> um, yes. And that how important that is. And I think that, you know, whenever most of my practice is women, um, about 70% is women. Um, and most of that is white women, you know, age 30 to 50. Um, and we all need healthcare, mm-hmm. excellent healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, you know, I've had several black women, including you, that will come to see me specifically because mm-hmm. I look like them mm-hmm. and they want a doctor that is obviously qualified, but that looks like them and understands them on a level. And that's something that we have to think about mm-hmm. that, you know, most people, the majority of America doesn't and what a difference that makes and how we feel and how we heal mm-hmm. um, can be so profound. So, you know, whenever I do see a black woman and sometimes I'm surprised sometimes <laughs> you know, I kind of tell by the name or like I haven't met them yet, you know, and I walk out to greet them and it's just like, let me give you a hug, you know, mm-hmm. like, welcome, you're here. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take care of you, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, you are just a, a walking, talking change today out there, you know, doing things. But it is important. I mean, with all the appointments I've had and all the providers I've had to see, mm-hmm. <laughs> no one was black, you know? And so I know, like, from the patient perspective, the baggage and implicit bias I'm going to receive. Yeah. Right. And as soon as I say, no, they did not run troponin. And all of a sudden they're going to be like, how the hell does she know that? How does she know that word? <laughs> right. Um, then they then I get another form of bias, which is, oh, she's an educated black. Mm-hmm. So she's now going to think she knows everything. Whereas that wouldn't be the case with a white person. Be like, oh, you understand. So I'm going to break it down to you yep. like this yeah. way. Right. So it's like finding someone with the skill set, but then finding someone with the compassion to treat you like the human that you are. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and even like working in healthcare, that's something I've never, I've just never understood. I've never understood. So like the, the conference thing is real being a lonely or an only in those spaces Mm -hmm. also is that kind of emotional labor that we have to take on by Doing something that is an act of resistance sometimes, um, changing a stereotype of things, being um, uh, inspirational, an influence, a coach, a mentor, all those things. But if we're the only or lonely in the room, then we now have to be the person to also educate the people who don't understand why we belong to be there, why we are in the space. It's like, hey, I was asked to speak. I'm not paying for shit to be here. (laughs) Why are you questioning me? (laughs) You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's so it's so insane. Um, but I think, I mean, hopefully the pandemic. My hope. I'm an optimist um, by nature. Um, mm-hmm. My hope is that this pandemic will will highlight those inequities even more. Um, 
And, and if it doesn't, then at least, you know, the next pandemic or whatever is going to come, like you, we can't say that we didn't know, you know, like it is glaringly obvious to everyone what is happening. Um, So, so we'll see, we'll see, but I, but I am hopeful that it will change. I think it's, you know, there's not a simple answer and, you know, within healthcare, there's so many like layers and systems that have to change. So many. (laughs) It's like, um, is it an onion or is it one of those flaky pastries? Uh, is it phyllo dough? Flaky. Okay. It just <laughs> it sounds better. Um, someone shared with me today, it's from uh, Color of Change. The mm-hmm. coronavirus doesn't attack people by race, but American society does. Oh, it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's so many things that we could be doing, but they will take so much work to change those institutions. But it's like, we also like, we know we have this data, like there's been over a hundred thousand deaths at this point Mm -hmm. in the United States from COVID-19. So we know we have the data, how many of those deaths were Mm -hmm. black or brown people. If if the state and county is reporting it though. I know, but it's like, we have, we can have that information, you know, like when you do the paperwork in the hospital, like you have to write down oh, all yeah. of those things. Mm-hmm. So then you can like do a study and be like, okay, this is like a clear indication mm-hmm. of how people were treated, mm-hmm. what their plan was, their medication, their history, how long they were in the hospital, were they intubated, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things. And, and how can we start there, you know? So mm-hmm. will it be done? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, TBD. I um, yeah. I mean, I'm as a uh, former public health practitioner, I'm fascinated by what is coming out um, mm-hmm. now. Um, but moving forward, like you're saying, if things stay the same way they are, then you know it's a it's a choice. It's not a an oversight. You know what I mean? No. Um, I'm curious from you since you are a physician. How do you feel about the people who are like, I don't care about social distancing. I'm going to be with a million people, um, you know, out and about at a park, by the lake, at the beach. I'm not going to wear them out. How do you feel about those people? Um, I think, you know, we all are, we all have our own autonomy and can make our own decisions. And um, I'm not here to police anyone and especially you know it's always being like if I speak up they're like who are you you're a doctor you're uh, what are you um, sh- <laughs> like you went did you go through school you're still in school you're still in school yeah <laughs> Second um, so I mean I think that I think at the beginning there were I have a lot of thoughts about it at the beginning there were even some people that were like oh it, this is this virus isn't for us. It's not affecting like black and brown people. Mm-hmm. Like, please stop saying that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not true. And that mm-hmm. we have seen that over time to play out. Um, Coronavirus and, is like, oh no, those lungs are black. I you know. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> does not discriminate. Does not care. Um, and I think that it's, I mean, I think, it, I think it's selfish to be honest. Um, and I think that people don't recognize, even if 
they feel healthy, that there's other people that may not be. And you don't know just because somebody looks well and healthy mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they are. And I've seen an, enough people to know that, right? As a doctor. Um, and you never know what somebody's struggling with and just trying to go get groceries or get some fresh air and go for a walk. And I, so, I would like to check all of those boxes. <laughs> yeah, just like, just be responsible. Like we've all read the, seen the news or read a newspaper article. Like, you know what to do. Wash your hands, wear a mask. If you're going to be outside, stay six feet apart. Um, don't have like everybody and their mama over to your house. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. And just like, we know what to do. And so if you choose not to do that, um, you're being selfish and irresponsible and like, we just need to do better. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned for our people. Summer is here. It's coming. <laughs> and I love a good barbecue mm-hmm. as much as the next person and to be yeah. out. Um, and I've seen some things, some people I know, some people I don't know. And it's, it's really heartbreaking to see because you mm-hmm. just continue to see the numbers and people not taking it, I think, as seriously as you need to be. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough to watch. It is. It is tough to watch. I've um, probably said this on every episode. Unfollow yeah. and mute are very important functions in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have like I'm lightweight triggered when I see people who are on a boat with other people. I'm like, that's not your family. I know you well enough to know that's not like your immediate family, right? So, right. And the only way I can view it, and I've I've been working with myself to view it differently, but I keep coming back to the fact that it is a selfish move. Mm -hmm. And if they know me, then they don't care about my life. Because, I mean, I'm, I've been very clear of how hard it has been for me to do this. And I'm on a path of acceptance. And this is day 78, 79 that I've been indoors. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm, like a, it's, an, a, it's a huge thing. And I don't think people realize that I live every day with the risk of uh, cardiac muscle death or heart attack or death in general. And yeah. when you put a pandemic on top of it, my odds aren't great, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, with coronavirus, um, there's still also a lot of people are not seeing the information around those who have survived, which is great. There are people mm-hmm. who have survived that will take them years to recover or they are damaged permanently. Like people don't understand like lost, you know, lung capacity or um, yeah. strokes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, some people are going to have scars that are going to remind them of when they had to, you know, be intubated um, in an emergency fashion. Like, all all of these things. Or from a surgery that came as a result of these rapidly, like, quick clots that are coming. Like, you're getting a clot and then another one's right there. And it's, like, wild stuff, right? As a nerd, it's quite fascinating to me. But I don't want any part of it. <laughs> I don't. Um. So I think it would be important and helpful to maybe get some social distance dating advice from a doctor. Oh, girl. (laughs) I mean, I really want people just be smart, Mm -hmm. be safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know it's hard. Mm -hmm. That's what she Um, said. Yeah, especially, you know, if you're single and dating, I think that, and I think we, 
we're all human and we all need physical touch mm-hmm. on different levels. You know, mm-hmm. some people need more than others, but you know, at some point there's like a failure to thrive. Right. If you just, like, you just right. need a hug. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I have not heard failure to thrive in years, but that's exactly what it is. No, it is. Yeah, that is. is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think about not just dating. I saw a post um, from one of my friends on Facebook and she was volunteering in nursing homes and had the full like PPE Mm -hmm. garb. And there was this um, older, I don't think she was like 80 or something like that. And it was a picture of her hugging and she like asked permission from the nurses or whatever she's like I this woman needs a hug more than like the risk of like not -hmm. being able to see her family and friends and she's like in this nursing home and nobody can visit um and can I just give that to her you Mm -hmm. know um so I think it's I think it's real I know people are still you know not abiding by social distancing and sneaking out and Mm -hmm. (laughs) having their, their playtime. And so I just encourage people to be smart and be safe and, and to have conversations and it's an opportunity to have like really honest conversations Mm -hmm. earlier than maybe you would have. Yeah. This was pre Corona, but actually can be kind of like good. Right. Really build that emotional connection and trust. Um, and just be honest and be like, we don't have to be together, but I need to know who else you're around. Right, exactly. Like, this is... What do they do? Yeah. I just need to know. Absolutely. I think that conversation part is, I'm not, I'm not dating. But I'm really good at giving dating advice for <laughs> not dating. Um, the conversation part's really important. And it's like, you know, people struggle with like the STD talk or the sex talk. Yeah. But now you have to have the mask talk. All the talks. Are we going to meet in person, social distance wise? Um, Are we going to decide to take our, in the words of future, mask off and maybe perhaps kiss? Are you kissing anyone else? Like these are things that have have to happen sooner, which in a way I like because it brings vulnerability up, which is a word I don't like saying or doing. Um, but I'm working on it. <laughs> but the vulnerability, right, um, happens sooner. And then the most important thing for anyone who's thinking about social distance dating or dating in the time of COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever, there's a video chat function for a reason. Yeah. Right? So use yeah. that. I mean, as much as People like talking on the phone and it's a disconnect from the virtual world we have to be in more regularly now. It's important to see what the person looks like, how they're responding to your voice, your possible jokes. I'm sarcastic, so I would need to see someone, you know, because like if I'm not, they're going to be like, oh, my God, she's fucking crazy. Like, I don't understand. But it's like it's you can my face. You can see my nipples. It's a joke. Um, You know, but the it's uh, it's different. I I'm not at the. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I, I, I have to figure out what I would want out of a, a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is harder for me with all the barriers that I have. Mm-hmm. So I'm going back and forth between like, should I just do this thing or should I do that thing? And um, again, just hugs are important. 
human touch is important. So it's so important. It's so important. So yeah, I think we we need like a some official guidelines because people are mm-hmm. gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's happening mm-hmm. already. <laughs> and so like you just want people to be safe about it. So I tell people like have the conversation. I actually love doing like the video chats or FaceTime or mm-hmm. whatever your mode of mm-hmm. <laughs> video communication is. Um, Cause then it, in some ways, if it's not a good connection, then you can keep swiping. <laughs> Be like, I have to go. go really oh no, my Wi-Fi is, it's gone. Um, <laughs> so on that happy note, how do you celebrate the little wins? Um, I mean, I do the little, the dance, my little dance. Yes, that's true. Always like, I love to do that. And then I think for me, what probably in the last year, I've really gotten into baths. I think we've had this Mm -hmm. (laughs) conversation, which before I was just like, never, I was just like, "Mm, I don't get it. Like, I'm just going to like sit (laughs) (laughs) in water and do this. So this is a part of me just like evolving and just like not doing and just being mm-hmm. more. Um, and so that is like outside of like talking to my friends and pre-corona and going out and like celebrating mm-hmm. that way. But now it's just like, okay, like this is for me. And let me just like take this moment mm-hmm. to just celebrate what has happened or just that I made it through this day. Um, Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a big thing just being black in America sometimes is a victory <laughs> when you survive the day. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, I go all out. I have like candles, like bubbles, Epsom salts, essential oils. Oh, wow. And sometimes I'll like play music or read or meditate. And like, that's really my, like how to just celebrate myself and ground myself remind myself that like it's okay mm-hmm. oh, I like that yeah baths are are, are great I've always yeah, enjoyed them I know. I know I mean I, I've never moved to any place where I didn't have a bathtub because I was like I'm gonna totally take baths all the time and then I'll be there for like two years take seven baths the whole time <laughs> But I definitely do take more. I took a bath last night, actually. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, CBD goat milk soak. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love. I love. Uh, yes. I actually love CBD. But that's a whole other conversation. A whole other podcast. Well, about- t- we'll have to revisit that and come back to that. Because you've been a great guide for me, which I appreciate. Um, Absolutely. Well, this is. This has been fun. So much fun that I know people are going to want to know how to find you. So oh, let them know. Thank you. This has been fun for me too. Yeah. I mean, if people want to connect, please reach out. Um, I always love to connect with people. I would say these days I'm mostly on IG. Mm-hmm. At DR Tiffany Luster. Um, and then through there, you can find like my website. If you want to work with me or just like, I really want a black doctor. Um, then you can find me at Parsley Health, but either one of those you can find me. Come say hi. I, I will, actually. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I don't, I, 
thank you so much for giving me this time today. I am thrilled that you're on my podcast and I'm um, excited to have this moment with you forever because it's recorded. Yeah, I know. Forever. <laughs> forever forever and ever. I'm like, yes, I do know her. Look, see, she said I she's she said she loved me on the episode. So hey. Um <laughs> well um to you and everyone else, um, keep being amazing. Thanks for listening to the Change Today podcast. You can learn more at changekaday.com. That's the word change and kaday like cadet. C-A-D-E-T or follow change today or at change today podcast remember to like subscribe comment and share i'm a black business y'all and i appreciate it thanks for listening